25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hey, let's go. I'm here. I'm Matt. Beaver's here. That's more important. Most importantly, you are here, and I appreciate you tuning in, listening, however you listen, wherever you are, whether it's right here or maybe it's out west or up north or down south. I don't care. I just appreciate you tuning in. Thanks so much. Feel free to text, call, all that. I don't want to waste a whole lot of time getting into it. As we start Hour 2 in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team because DJ has kindly been hanging on for a long time, and I'm interested to hear what he has to say. DJ, thanks for hanging on. The Divini Equipment phone line. What's up? Hey, well, uh, I just want to call in conjunction with your comments about the Saints officiating that game. That call was egregious, but I'm going to ask you a question, and you know I have answers, but did you see the Ohio State Clemson game? Remind me, refresh my memory. Three touchdowns overturned in the boot that went against Ohio State by SEC officials. Hmm. Three. And, and, I mean, you even had NFL officials come after the game saying that they were bogus. And, and I'm going to contend this, and you may not agree with me. I do not think that Big Ten officials should be allowed to referee SEC games. And I don't think the SEC officials should be allowed to referee Big Ten. I think there's too much uh, animosity and comp- competition between. But if you go back and watch the Ohio State, that was a great. I mean, you're not talking about one call like the Saints game. You're talking about three calls where on the field it would have given Ohio State touchdown, overturned in the boot. And, and, and one of them was a, a pick, a guy. Where he, it was a scoop and score. The guy took five steps. The ball got tripped. Ohio State picked it up. And, 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 you know, so, mm-hmm. so it's not just NFL level. I mean, and the thing is, I'm not saying LSU didn't deserve to win a national title, but I don't think there's one person in 100 that wouldn't have told you Ohio State would have been a much better matchup. I mean, they had two number one yes. defensive backs. And yes. Ohio State. Ohio State. Would have made the game interesting is what they would have done. Well, but and here's the thing: I, I don't like saying that we got cheated because even with all the egregious calls, and they were egregious, they were the the, the, the scoop and score was worse than the New Orleans call. Okay, the other two were, were bad calls, but you know they weren't egregious. But the thing is, I don't like saying we got cheated because we had the ball going in uh, inside the twenty at the end to win it, and then we just didn't get it done. But the thing is. Uh, I, I really believe, as, you know, they got to do a better job with the with the final four because you can't have SEC officials refereeing. And I'll tell you this: if you got Big Ten officials refereeing an SEC versus non-SEC team, 
they're going to get the shot too. It should be that way, but it is. Hey, man, I'll hang up with Thanks, DJ. Here's a story, DJ, you'll be interested in from December. Former SEC coordinator of officiating Steve Shaw, named national coordinator of officials for the NCAA. Steve is a great guy. Very personable, just down to earth, former official himself. And I just like him on a personal level. Man had some issues, still do, with some of the things that go on under the operating umbrella of that is known as <clears throat> SEC officiating. Like where these guys are coming from, where they get them from. Some of the we've gone through that back there in football. I'm not doing it right now. But but I know Steve's a good guy. And he's moved right on up to the top. National coordinator of officials. So there you go. And the thing about the college stuff is, it's one thing. You got so many more games. You get so many more teams. You get so many more officials. That's one thing. What? They're not full-time in, in college. They're not full-time. They are in the NFL if they want to be, and they make enough money they can be. And it's different. So in a, I was talking, you know, and I, I know that it just – the whole officiating thing spurned your thoughts because you are a, I'm sorry, spurred your thoughts because you're an Ohio State fan. But the reason I have such an issue with the NFL stuff, these guys are at the top of it. There are literally hundreds of thousands of qualified up-and-coming officials who want a shot, but you got old guy out there, okay, calling these NFL games, and he's just vested, right? So we're just going to let him do it. And when they pull some kind of stunt like they pulled in that Saints game, in the playoff game a couple years ago, instead of doing what they should do and firing the guy, here's the, here's the approach you take, okay, with something like that. Here's the approach you take. Hey, sir, we appreciate your service. But our philosophy, our mode of operandum is if you pull a stunt like that, we're not putting you back out there to have a chance to do it again. And in the NFL, that's the way it should be every time. That same official who did not throw that flag and that pass interference thing for which they put an entire new rule in because of him and all his buddies did not obey the rule and officiate the rule this past year on purpose so as to like a bunch of petulant children to force the NFL to have to get rid of it instead of calling it the way in the spirit of the rule that was put in to help the game. The egos of the NFL officials have forced them to get rid of it because they won't do it, yet the NFL won't fire them. None of it makes any sense. Whereas in college football, it's different. Okay, part-time officials, all this kind of stuff. And I got to give them credit. You remember the call in the... 2018 Mississippi State at Alabama game in Tuscaloosa that was so egregious where they took a touchdown off the board for Mississippi State and it was just a phantom call. Well, I threw a fit about it and guess what? That guy's not officiating any more SEC games ever. Done. Fired him. Out. They had him off the field the next week. Say what you want. but They did something about it. And this is a part-time guy. 
Yet that dude with gray hair, who I'm sure is already set to pull a nice pension from the NFL, who blew that, he and his crew who blew it in that Saints game two years ago, he's calling the Super Bowl this past year. They fired it. There's no consequences. Oh, and there's no consequences if we put in a rule and you, because of your ego, as a group of officials league-wide, won't even enforce it. It's ridiculous. So I have no respect for any of them, not one of them. You're like, well, Matt, there are some really good men and women from Mississippi who are NFL officials, and I'm sure they're nice. I'm sure they are too. But until something is done about that, until one of them steps up and says what they should say at the risk of their own job, then I have no respect for them. Spineless, backboneless, no respect for it. Go back to what Sparky Woods said 25 years ago. I don't like anybody who doesn't care who wins or loses. <laughs> uh, here we go. The country pleasing text line. There's two or three things. I think these are unrelated to our conversation right here, but uh, let's see. Mad male person says, do customers at Academy Sports in Starkville, are they are required to wear a mask? Man, I don't know. Is there, I, I, I don't mean this in a smart aleck way at all. Is there a reason I should know? I mean, are you? is there a reason you're asking me? Because I'm totally unaware of that. Or was that even meant for me? It could have been meant for somebody else. Rhett, slippery when Rhett says, if the fielder came out of position and missed that catch on that inside the park home run, it should have been an error. Well, it was ruled a hit. He was just charging on it. He was making a decision. Either I'm going to go for it or let it bounce. The ball bounced about three feet in front of him, so he wasn't out of position. It was basically hit right at him. And then uh, back over to Jason in Flagstaff, who says, um, in our in regards to our conversation earlier about masks and people who we we got people on both sides of the aisle, and by the way, this political aisle is ruining this country. These two this two political party thing is the biggest problem this country has. Um, and we were talking about everybody talking like a like an expert on both sides of this thing, and almost none of them are experts. Uh, Jason in Flagstaff says, bingo, it'll start getting to where the government will hand out tickets to folks for not wearing their masks, minding social distancing, etc., or they'll shut everything down again. Nobody should want it to get to that point either. I certainly don't. Uh, if we all can be responsible, take care of each other, we can beat this thing. Yeah, and I get all that. Jason, I do, and, and I think that's probably the right thought. But at the same time, it's just I know that there has to be a banding together of people across the board to we help each other. We do the right things. We stay distant when when whenever even possible. We wear masks. Maybe that helps not to spread it whenever possible. You know, we wash hands more not only out of respect for ourselves, but out of respect of others. But I just think sometimes the idea that we have a mama and a daddy in Washington 
and that the government and it trickles down and they tell us what to do at all times that they rule over us at all times in everything when all when you really when we study history really the whole idea of government over here began as the idea of that is a few representatives who they represent the people the people actually rule the people it's just we have a few representatives up there because I can't leave my plow in the field and go up there and vote every time. You're going to have to go do it for me. You better vote the way I want you to, or I'll send somebody else up there next year. The whole thing is way upside down. So, no, I don't agree with a lot of the just dumb, you know, throwing your weight around as a citizen. Nobody's going to tell me what to do, and I ain't wearing a mask, and I, I don't agree with that either. But we better be real, real, real careful about everybody adopting this idea that somebody else knows what's best for me. And that I'm going to just I'm just going to buy whatever you're selling because you're a Republican. Hey, and you know what? Me over here, I'm just going to buy everything you're selling because you're a Democrat. That two party political stuff that we've got going on in this country. Is. It is a, uh, what is it? What would we call it? Hmm. It is a disease in and of itself where it eats you alive from the inside out. Y'all run, tell that. All right, Chicken Hawk. On the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Mr. Hawk? Hey, Bob Tail. Look at him. Oh, my father's man. There's something uh, while ago. I was just going to leave, you know, down here and go go feed some of this poultry. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he he told me that he heard, you know, that you know he, that I was on radio. So he been wanting to, you know, listen all day. And he said, "I come I ain't been on radio." I said, "Well, I ain't had that." <laughs> but but he was trying to tell me now who's been dogging me out. Somebody said they've been uh, talking about me and talking about uh, you know that they didn't know what Chicken Hawk was talking about, which a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Plane, well, I don't know, but Chicken Hawk, it hadn't been on this show today. Um, was, it it, on, was it on uh, Brooks? Well, let's ask Beaver. Mr. Yeah, Beaver, Was did did somebody get after Chicken Hawk today on the, the Gridiron show? They did indeed. Uh-oh. Who was it? Was it that squirrel? No, not squirrel. Yesterday, okay. you had said that you couldn't pick us up. Yeah, that Somewhere. was right over in the house, yeah. White Denzel texted us three times to tell us that he lives in House, Mississippi. He was there this morning listening, and we were coming in crystal clear. So he said well, you look, were well, look fibbing. He said you don't have a real radio. <laughs>
So, you know, these, these new digitized type, you know, new Saturday night radios and stuff, they'll pick up a lot more further. But now it's hard even with the ceasefire. I got ceasefire, you know, that's the number one network, the ceasefire. Mm-hmm. I got ceasefire, and over there in them hills and holler, hey, White Denzel, text in, brother. Let me, let me see if uh, you really are from House Mississippi. Tell me where uh, Ed Spear Joint is, what <laughs> used to be Ed Spear Joint uh, back in the days, because Ed used to park his race car, he used to race with Ed. Well, now, here's the problem there. with that, though, Hawk, is not everybody Hawk. goes to beer joints. Well, this was back in the day, bro. I'm talking about this was like in 78. The 80s back then, because, see, Ed, I used to race over there until that doggone people were, I don't want to get cut off, Beaver and Bam, because I want to talk bad about Pearl. <laughs> you know, my Pearl, Lou Bell is a Pearl girl. Mm-hmm. He is some of the hierarchy of, of Pearl over there. Uh, you didn't know that, did you, Bob Taylor? I did not know that, a Pearl girl. Yeah, but she's from the hierarchy, the higher end. I mean, she was over there when mm. Pearl really wasn't Pearl. And if I say what I want to say, Beaver cut me off because bless his heart, he loves Pearl. I can't blame him. You know, I love Lou Bell. He's a Pearl girl, but look at him. Uh, just let, let me just let me just say they made me mad because they took my drag strip away. That's where they built the Pearl okay. tool at. Yeah, that was a drag strip. Mm-hmm. So White Denzel, tell me over there and just text in the Bob Tail. And tell him where Ed's beer joint is. Ed's beer joint. That's a national landmark over there, is Ed's beer joint. All right. Okay, we'll look for it. And if I get it out, if I get it, I'll read it on the air, Chicken Hawk. Yeah, yeah, do that if I'm looking. I've got to go. I have a uh, tell all uh, the homecoming queen and LQ. Well, she ain't a mama yet, so tell all homecoming queen, tell her that I said happy Mother's Day. And, uh, let me give a little uh, Carla Danger, Beaver's best friend. Carla, hey, baby, uh, happy Mother's Day to you and all <laughs> mamas out there to the nurses and whatever else you are. Just any mama, happy Mother's Day, chicken house sick, and hell steak. And this is for you right here, Bob Taylor. You ready? I'm ready. Get the basketball glove on. I got it. Get the basketball glove on. Okay. <laughs> got it. See ya. A pearl girl. Matt. Hmm. All right, here's the problem, though. He said that he want, he wanted White Denzel to text in, and you told him if White Denzel does text, you'd read it on the air. But here's the deal. He ain't going to be able to hear it because of his crappy radio. <laughs> he called it a Saturday night radio, too, and his truck is big rig, and I'm sitting here thinking the whole time, going, if I ever get a chance to produce like a, a half-hour documentary about the life of a chicken hauler, it's going to be titled Saturday Night Radio. That's the title. <laughs> we do a documentary about Chicken Hawk. It's going to be called Saturday Night Radio. Real Eric over here on the <laughs> Country Please and text line 885-ESPN says, It sounds like that KW can haul some sticks for Chicken Hawk, but it won't sing to him. Time for a new radio. That is trucker lingo. Right there, Eric. Now, I don't know if you're a trucker or not, but you know it, apparently. Because he said that KW can haul some sticks for Chicken Hawk, but it won't sing to him. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with your truck? My radio's broken. Well, they don't say that. They don't say my CB's broken. It's not singing to me anymore. Peanut Butter Falcon wanted you to cut him off. He says, cut him off, Beaver! 
And then uh, just like this, we get a nice, a nice just built-in little, uh, let's just call it a nice little built-in seg, or as in segue from doggone. Here we go. <laughs> you know, don't, those also sound like the segues on Family Guy. If you listen, it's actually from Golden Girls, but it's very similar on that on Family Guy. No, a doggone is segueing us over to college football, and I'm glad for that because I got something I want you to hear from Les Miles. That's coming up in just a minute. Doggone says this. Here's a scenario, Matt. The NCAA says we can't start football until late October. The SEC, the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12 decide to play after Labor Day. What will the NCAA do to the big boys? All right, I'm glad you brought it up because I have some information. We, we continue to kind of push this cart up the hill. More information each day, more information each day, a few more quotes. I got a few things for you here on the whole college football thing. Because what I notice, doggone, is you did not include the Pac-12 in your scenario. You said SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, but you didn't include the Pac-12. Now, I don't know if that was intentional or, you know, just unintentionally you left that one off. But it could be foreshadowing. You're like, well, Matt, what are you talking about? I'll tell you. Okay. And we're going to start in the state of Oregon when we come back. Yes, I will flip it over to Kansas as well. But you said intentionally. Okay, so that's coming. Let's get into that next here in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. Here we go. Back in the Farm Bureau studio. So, Doggone says that he intentionally left off the Pac-12. That's interesting because we're going to look at something here. Doggone texted us on the Country Pleasing Sausage text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. He said, here's a scenario for you. The NCAA says... We can't start football until late October. Let's say the NCAA were to say that. And he says, but the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and Big 12 decide to play after Labor Day. What will the NCAA do to the big boys? Now, before we get to the Pac-12 thing, my first reaction to that doggone is, I mean, it's an interesting scenario. And yes, you know, the conferences have given the the NCAA its power. So technically, they're in charge. Technically. Right, and they, they govern and things kind of happen. It's home base, right, in Indianapolis, and that's where Mark Emmert's office is. But these conferences you're talking about, like the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, and the Pac-12, they have given power to this central office, basically. Without those conferences and without their approval, there is no NCAA. Without the approval of the presidents and ADs and conference commissioners, 
Mark Emmert's not the president of the NCAA. Somebody else is. They all have to approve of all that. So you, you get what I'm saying? So I, it's hard to make that distinction sometimes. But like, for instance, in NCAA enforcement, investigations, penalties, all that. I've said before, we have to get out of this mindset that the police force and the police station is in Indianapolis. And they get in their squad cars and they come driving into Oxford on patrol to see if we're behaving. And if we're misbehaving, then they arrest us and, and uh, you know, convict us and give us penalties. I mean, that's, that's not the scenario. That's not the setup or the framework here at all. It's basically they are, the NCAA, even though they have a home office in Indianapolis, is really made up of the decision makers around the country. They're all supposedly kind of monitoring each other. So we have to remember that, I think, in reality, talking about your, your question right there. So I guess if I were to go back and just try to answer it technically, you say, okay, the NCAA as a body goes, well, we can't play football until late October. Well, the NCAA as a governing body would never say that unless it was already decided that that was the case with the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and Big 12, <laughs> right? You, you get what I'm saying? Like there's never going to be some decision about a start date at an NCAA level that doesn't involve the approval of those conferences. I hope that makes some sense to you. So you say, okay, the Pac-12 is a different animal because of the state of California. Well, what about Oregon? Story from OregonLive.com. No Oregon sporting events with large crowds through at least September, according to Governor Kate Brown. Listen to the wording. Through at least September in Oregon. This story is not quite two days old. Even as Oregon Governor Kate Brown announced Thursday that the state will begin taking their first steps towards reopening on May the 15th, she also made it clear that sporting events with large crowds will not be returning in Oregon in the near future. Portland Trailblazers, all that. Well, then she said through September. Large gatherings of people, this is what she said, for events such as sporting events, concerts, and festivals cannot go on in Oregon until effective prevention and treatment for the coronavirus, such as a vaccine, is available. Brown said such large gatherings planned through the end of September should be canceled or modified. When she was asked whether high school and college football teams could compete without fans this upcoming season, Dr. Dean Seidlinger, what a name, the state health officer and epidemiologist, said officials are continuing to look at the kinds of sporting events that can be played. Here's a quote from Miss Seidlinger. Non-contact sports, things like golf or tennis, where people can maintain a distance and probably some of the things we're going to see come back first. 
For some of these other sports, basketball, football, and other things where there is more close contact, obviously there is more of a risk. The Oregon Ducks have three home football games at Autzen Stadium scheduled for September, including hosting Ohio State on September the 12th. So now, doggone, I'm coming back to your text. You go, I'm, I'm intentionally leaving out the Pac-12. Well, the Pac-12 involves the Big Ten because we have September games in the state of Oregon that include Ohio State from the Big Ten. We have September games where, who is it? Somebody from the SEC is playing, what, USC? Early in the year? So see, these are the kind of prickly things we're looking at here. The Oregon State Beavers are scheduled to open their season on September the 3rd on the road at Oklahoma State. Followed by consecutive home games the next two weeks, weeks two and three. Well, cancel or modify, according to the governor, through September. And she said it two days ago. Same day. Oregon State Athletics Director Scott Barnes. There will be college football, and we will not cut sports in 2020 and 21. Same thing. I'm talking about the same publication, y'all. Oregon Live. OregonLive.com. Same day, May the 7th, yesterday. The governor of Oregon says, shut it all down through September. And the same day, Oregon State's athletics director said, we're going to play college football, and we're not canceling sports. Oregon State AD Scott Barnes, while acknowledging that they will have some deep cuts, some really difficult decisions, is adamant that there will be a college football season. Spoke to the media yesterday afternoon after the governor said what she said. Realize there's an office pun in there. Here's his quote. We're all modeling various scenarios because of the times uh, that we live in are so uncertain. We're certainly respectful of the governor's commitment to the health of Oregonians and in alignment with our commitment to the health of our student athletes, fans, and local community. (gasps) Certainly not playing football in September has significant impact. In conversations with his staff and in with the uh, Pac-12 athletics directors and officials every day, he says scenarios are broad because of the myriad of unknowns. He said this, the one scenario that we are not working on is not playing football. Okay, so what does that all mean? What does it all mean? I still would point you back to something that Ray Tanner, the AD at South Carolina, said almost two weeks ago. That there may be some scenarios where certain conferences do their own thing. That is not out of the realm of the possibility or possibilities at this point. Kansas head coach, Les Miles. I think there's some indecision as to which date that they're going to say, okay, you know, whatever it would be, May 31st, um, June, 
June 15th, June 1st, um, August 15th, whatever they would say. Um, and it could be later. I mean, it's certainly I'm, I am giving. Okay, so there's not a lot there. He's just saying we don't know. But he says there will be football. We're going to play college football in the fall. That's what's been said. Okay, that's the key piece. The schedule, now we got to make sure that we're safe for, for our kids. You know, our players, when they take the field, it's got to be done with the idea that we're we're doing it with them in mind. But, again, I just think um, of all the significant things, let me word it this way, of the most significant things that have been said, and, again, if you were part of this show, so many of you have listened to uh, this show for you know, a week or two now, you've heard, I, I've brought them here to you, either read them or played them for you. Uh, all of it pointing this stuff in a certain direction. They're going to play, they're going to play, they're going to play, they're going to play. But it could look different. It could be shortened. They probably will start at the beginning of October. It could be conference only. This, I think, is really significant. The governor of the state of Oregon says either cancel it or modify it through September. Just, I'm telling you, don't get that date out of your head of October 1st. Hang on to it. A little more for you here today on this Friday, then I'll shoot you off into the weekend. Coming up next, stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, about to wrap it up with you in the final few minutes of the week. Here on uh, the show, I'm Matt Beavers here. Still got time for you to get in. Thanks for texting, calling. A good day on the phones and on the uh, country please and text line. Call me. Got a little time left. Love to hear your voice in the last few minutes of the week. The Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. Check them out. Also online at DaviniEquipment.com. The number, 995-1059. What do, you, what do you got on your mind? Jay from the basement on the country pleasing text line says, <clears throat> Coach Hinton put it best when referencing the power held by the MHSAA. We are only the executing representation of our member schools. Exactly. Uh, Don put it perfectly. And that's what the NCAA is. They are only the executing representation of our member schools. Now, back to that whole uh, political talk earlier, Jay. The framers, that's what they meant for the government within this country, too, isn't it? Yeah, that's really what they meant. I mean, everybody can't go to Washington and make decisions. We have to send representatives up there because the rest of us have to work, take care of our family. I'm in the field with a plow. I'm behind this mule. 
I can't go up there, but you can. Let's send one guy. He'll represent all of us. He'll go up there and execute the will of the people. I didn't send him up there to be my boss. I sure as heck didn't send him up there to be my king. If I wanted to send him up there to be my king and always rule over me and throw me in shackles anytime I didn't put my mask on, I'd stay in England. Well, now you just went too far, Matt. Right, because I agree we ought to wear masks. Let's do the right thing. But just as citizens, there are lines that I can't cross or I shouldn't cross. There are also lines that the government can't or shouldn't cross. We've forgotten it. Many people have. Many people have. Jason in Flagstaff says, my internet is terrible at the moment. <laughs> we'll listen to the archive later. Y'all have a good day, Brother Wyatt. Beaver, thank you, Jason. You too, man. So as you listen to the podcast, hope you have a great weekend, Jason. Always enjoy hearing from you. Absolutely. Y'all ever heard this phrase? Joni loves Chachi. You ever heard Joni Loves Chachi? That came from the show Happy Days. It was a very popular show, okay? And Ron Howard, who played Opie on the Andy Griffith Show, this was Ron Howard's next big thing after the Andy Griffith Show. It was Happy Days. But... On that show, the the love interest of these two teenagers, Joni and Chachi, played by Aaron uh, Moran and Scott Bayo. Well, on this day, May the 8th, 1984, Joni and Chachi got married on Happy Days. Monday, Monday, happy days. And, and, you know, they got married and there was nothing but happy days the rest of the way. <laughs> right? Isn't that how it works? Good old Happy Days. Fonzie, I hadn't seen a Happy Days episode in forever. Is it even still going on out there anywhere? Well, anyway, that happened on this day. On this day, May the 8th, 2014, we had the first round of the 2014 NFL Draft. Going number one. With the first pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select... Jadavian Clowney, defensive end, South Carolina. Two picks later. With the third pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Blake Bortles, quarterback, Central Florida. Man, that was good for a while and then fizzled. And then two picks after that. With the fifth pick in the 2014 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select Khalil Mack, linebacker, And that was good for a while, and boy, did that ever fizzle. Do you remember also that same day, 2014 first round, right down at the bottom of the first round of the draft? The Philadelphia Eagles have traded the 22nd pick to the Cleveland Browns with the 22nd pick in the 2014 NFL draft. The Cleveland Browns select Johnny Menzel. Johnny Manziel in the first round to the Cleveland Browns. Why did I leave off the D? I just said Cleveland. I didn't even say Cleveland. What's wrong with me? 
Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, here's a news story for you in case you missed it. You know, you probably didn't. You're not surprised. I don't know that you should care. NCAA enforcement ultimately, especially in the basketball world, is merely a ghost that we all believe in. Yeah, I said it. Louisville, I wouldn't lose a dadgum night of sleep. Kentucky doesn't. Anyway, here it is. The NCAA enforcement staff said that Kansas's basketball program committed egregious and severe rules violations that significantly undermine and threaten the NCAA collegiate model. Alleged that Jayhawks coach Bill Self and assistant Curtis Townsend embraced, welcomed, and encouraged Adidas employees and consultants to influence high-profile basketball recruits to sign with Kansas. You're kidding me. I'm turning the page and moving on. Meanwhile, Will Wade and the LSU basketball Tigers just laugh all the way to the bank. News story. New Jersey mayor believes he had the coronavirus in November. A New Jersey mayor who recently tested positive for the coronavirus antibodies believes he got the bug in November, over a month before China reported their first case and two months before the contagion ostensibly made it to the U.S. I, I, me, this is reality. I'm not making this up. Me, Matt Wyatt. I have not been tested for antibodies. I want to be tested as soon as possible. Uh, if you know how and where, y'all let me know. Because I'm convinced that I had it as well in December and January. Never been through anything quite like it. You can ask my wife and miss some shows. Y'all may remember that. Couldn't figure it out. It was crazy. And then you go get tested and nothing comes back positive. Not flu, not strep. It took a long time to get over it. After I supposedly got over it, it took a long time to get to where I'd go to the top of the stairs and not be out of breath. I think I had it. It was here early. Now, it was here early. And then finally, if you're going to go to Georgia anytime soon, Saints fans, if you're going to go watch the Saints play in the Georgia Dome later in 2020, this is something you need to be aware of. Nearly 20,000 teenagers in Georgia have received their driver's licenses without having to take a road test. They all got their licenses without taking an official road test. It's Georgia's way of handling the backlog of the thousands of road test requests that were put on hold because of the coronavirus pandemic. On Wednesday, the state's Department of Driver Services released just how many teens had their permits upgraded to the road test waiver. The official number, 19,483. Y'all, I'm a little bit scared of driving around willy-nilly in a state with 20,000 folks that didn't even have to take a dadgum road test before we just gave them a license. Of course, again, we're upgrading their permits, and I guess, did they have to take a road test to get a permit? I didn't think so. I, I vaguely remember taking my road test. 
It seems like it was really easy. <laughs> In fact, I, I didn't fret much at all. Got it. Mm -hmm. And we all remember it. But 20,000? And, and a question, is Mississippi doing the same thing? I mean, are we doing that in Mississippi? Do we have a backlog of road tests for teenagers trying to upgrade their permit to a permanent license? So we're just going to give it to them. Ah, you don't need a road test. Okay, because if we're giving out in Georgia 20,000 licenses without having to take a road test, what's the point of the road test? And why did we ever do it? That's what I want to know. And finally, over here on my Twitter feed, I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. It says, hey, Radio Wyatt, in Ridgeland, for $189, the place that does the baby daddy DNA testing, they are offering tests for the antibody. Right around from the home base radio station. Next time you're in town, drop some blood. You know what? I will, Sean, if I can't find a place closer to where I am now. I do. I do want to know. Anthony and Tupelo texted me and said they had antibodies testing at the Bancorp South Center a couple of weeks ago. I did, how did I not even know about that? I'm going to ask around. Would not be even slightly surprised if they said, yeah, you got it. Had it. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised at all. If I can figure all that out, I'll take you all along with me. I'll update you on Monday. Okay. Have a great weekend. Can't wait to see you back here on Monday. Beaver, have a great weekend. See you all then. See you.